0: But this little dink ball, the only one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass, the weight is taken over, hits the ground and it bounces into a fella's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, I you be asked to do, hopefully. Really?
2: Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they're roaring to me, i hey, cuff you you free state bastard. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So we have liftoff to the football championship. Thanks be to God. Um, It wasn't looking good after the first three games, but Donegal Derry saved us yesterday with a a match that had proper championship feel, Alan. Like, I mean, we've Michael Murphy coming on, he's getting hopped off by McKinless. He's getting trash talk by Brendan Rodgers. He doesn't seem to give a shit. He's not even paying attention to the two lads. But like, I mean, it just felt like this was championship. It was close. It
1: was tense. um, And it was just a great game to watch. Yeah, it was. It was real championship football and, and, and real Ulster Championship football played in the played in the best way possible. It was everything you'd expect from a game like that. And in fairness to in fairness to Derry, um, I suppose after a league campaign, very positive league campaign, we were waiting to see could they follow that form into a into a big championship game and I think when they look back at that this morning, um I listened to Roy Gallagher after the game, and he was he was obviously very proud of his players. But they left, I think they left a serious opportunity there behind to 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 get a big scalp under their belts. And um, yeah, it was funny watching Michael Murphy. Like I suppose he's just so used to it at this stage that every time he comes near, comes onto a field, he's always he's always getting. Uh, I'm sure he takes a, a good bit of trash talking, and, and but he's, he's such a big man himself. Like as you say, he didn't even flinch, and and he made a, a big difference when he came on, kind of without kind of doing in spectacular but I think it was 12-8 when he came in they were four down I think and he just looked to have a very settling influence on the team obviously he won a couple of frees cooked, kicked a couple of decent frees as well That, that like I wouldn't say they were they were a very difficult frees but it was still also a championship they had to be scored and, and he nailed the two of them um, so Todd he made a, a big difference when he came on and probably had a very settling influence on the rest of the team around them but I think it was definitely an opportunity lost for Derry like they had they were four up they they had a penalty they maybe should have got but they had a great goal chance in the second half to put them after 45 minutes I think they one off the crossbar um, it was a great move But look, Terrible miss that though isn't it, it like I mean, bad miss you need for for Derry to win those games trying to make the breakthrough they're the sort of chance they need to take and you don't get too many of them against a team like Donegal It um, just needed a little bit more composure as they came across like he could have bundled man ball everything into the net and the goal would have stood just, it was look, it was unfortunate, but I think it was a it was a crucial stage in the game. It kind of left left Donegal in the game, and um, but in fairness, the, in fairness, to Derry, after that they kicked a few scores and they went 12-8 up. But look, I suppose Donegal being Donegal, you can never write them off. And they showed a good bit of at like, epic into that game, and um, obviously the score from the score from at the end is not there's not too many fellas in the country you can kick that score at that stage of a game and I suppose when you're coming down the stretch last few minutes he's the fella you want on the end of and they looked like they worked it to get him on the end of, it. and it was a great kick to be fair to
0: It was absolutely cruel I suppose Colm in the end like I mean and Chrissy McKeague had done so well in McBurdy he didn't give him a kick of it if we're being honest <clears> did not give him a sniff of it <laughs> until the last kick of the game and he did his loop move which Chrissy got a yellow card for you know turning around facing him making sure this wasn't going to happen uh, I don't know what to say to poor Chrissy McCague, who will be a nomination for performance at the weekend and McBrearty just does that.
2: Yeah, look, we spoke uh, during the league a lot around how good Donegal were and obviously the influence of Murphy and McBriarty. Um Obviously Murphy didn't start the game and you could see that Donegal, you know, were just weren't, you know, they weren't firing at all cylinders. They didn't seem, you know, they didn't really seem up to it. Derrick played it in their terms. They slowed the ball down a lot. They were happy enough to get to let Donegal get men behind the ball. McBrady, by and large, was non existent. Uh would, had had fairly wrapped him up. And look, it had all the signs as the game went on that you were thinking, Derry, Derry are going to take this. And you know, Alan spoke about the goal chances they had and potential penalties. And it only takes one of them had it went in, and I, I don't think Donegal would have got back. But yeah, look, it's, it's, it's cruel. Um had, had a great day and you know, on McBrady, but big players step up on big moments and yeah. you know that's that's the beauty of of, of, of a player like McBridey he was so good good during the league um and he at, at times he was carrying them a bit um along with Murphy at times so yeah didn't you know the one man that Derry didn't want on the ball at that last final kick or you know it was him and it, it just yeah at just were like you know it's was a super score under pressure um but yeah cruel way to lose a game but you know credit for, for credit to Derry, very probably on the balance of the of the game, probably deserved to win it. Um, I think they did. But, yeah. You know, Donny look, they, they showed great determination. It, it was a strange game. It, it was very people talk about very very like an Ulster Championship game. It was there was nearly played by a wee bit of fear, I think, because uh, you know both teams were happy to get men behind the ball, and it was slow at times. It was patient. You know, they were trying to unpack un- each other and. Um there were some fantastic scores too. There's some very good long-range scores. McFall had a couple, Langen had a, had a had a few as well. So, you know, there was there's very good glimpses of, of of football there, but uh yeah, it it was, it had everything around that knockout feel. Um and, you know, it uh, left it for it left it for a great watch in comparison I suppose what we've seen today.
0: Yeah, it definitely did. What do you make of Derry running down their own clock, Alan? Would you be criti- critical of that? Like I mean, they weren't good chances at points. But they knew kick like they were lucky to get the chance even to continue on and Coldrick wanted to get wanted the equaliser, it was obvious. And I was it was McCluskey, McKinless and Glass, they had half chances. But Jesus, you have to take the half chance. Like Gallagher said after the game, I certainly hoped for it, but we couldn't get it to Shane or a couple more players. At that stage of the game, you can't try to find a shooter.
1: Like the clock is, is ticking down. Yeah, it's difficult to know as a player exactly what, how long's left and ah, they must have asked generally if you're i think generally if you're on the attack especially that close to the goal you kind of believe the referee is going to as long as you have the ball there he's he, he's going to let you play away until you yeah. until you get a shot off um, like they were maybe in around the 45 maybe a little bit outside and uh, there was a couple of half chances but they would have been speckled of efforts now to try and level and i suppose guys that, that like they're probably talking all week about trying to get the ball to the right yeah. Case in the field before you take your shot. So if somebody has a shot from out there and it skews wide, you're saying, Well, it probably wasn't on, maybe we should have tried to work it a little bit more. So I think it's it looked like you could see them trying to look for an opening along, but they they probably just went back and forth once too often and David Gold said, Ah no, we're not we're, yeah, we're not gonna go back and forth here waiting for you to get an opportunity. He said, right enough's enough. It was a minute and fifteen seconds over, I think, so the game probably was up, but um I yes, suppose maybe if it was one of, if it was McWigan or someone like that, who's who might be renowned. What kind of glass? Maybe he. Glass he's kicked a great one in the first half. A great right score. And it was interesting to hear. It was it was his, his, his like I know he's only back from Australia, but from Australia, but his first score in the championship was like he's some future ahead of him. He's, he's twenty three. Like what a footballer, monster of a man. Um, kind of reminds me of of, of of some great Derry midfielders over the years like towel, Fergal Tardy, these sort of guys and he looks he looks a real footballer and I'd say he's made a huge difference to that team him coming in and seeing the score he kicked like if he has that in his locker Um, coming from midfield he's going to be a serious player for Derry over the yeah. over the coming years
0: he, he, well, Would you be critical of them for not kicking it uh, Colm? Like, I think they recycled it four times and Coldrick went look you're not making any you've turned down three half chances you don't seem to be making any progress I don't blame Coldrick for blowing it up there?
2: No, I, I think Colek done right. He, he did give them every opportunity, and I was just sort of sitting watching, going, "Look, you either go for a speculative shot at that point, um, which Alan says, look, it's probably not a high percent. It's like they have probably done well." And the, the whole game that worked the ball round and round, to the right angles, and got the men in the right position for four shots. Um, but I was screaming for somebody just to break a line or try and go for it. Like I think Colek possibly. You know he nearly wanted probably to level it up uh, yeah. you know given the game that had sort of unfolded and it, it sort of was unfair nearly for for somebody to lose that so in, in normal time or whatever so I'm screaming for somebody just to take a run and take go take take a run at somebody break a line try and get in front and I but look I, I can't really be I can't be too critical because during the whole day I had been very patient in their buildups and had being able to get the right men on the ball for the for, for the shot and but at the same time if, you, if someone had a ticket of glass had a ticket or or whatnot i don't think anybody would have criticized them for too heavily because you know they had they did score a few nice long range ones during the game so look um it's a it's a tough one to Tough one to take for them, um, but yeah, look, I think you can't really blame David colwick either. He, no. the game was over, and they played a wee bit over to, to give them that opportunity. And they didn't take it. So they,
0: they could have kind of tried to buy buy a free maybe or something. McKinless bought a lovely free off Michael Murphy because that was not a free. Like he grabbed his hand. That's the old school move, you know. To I think that put them level, and then McBrearty obviously got the got the point. Um, to win it, they could have tried to do something like that. It has to be said, we're critis- crit- critical of Benny Heron's miss. In fairness to him, usually when you palm a goal, you palm it straight, you don't smash it down. And he was so close that he needed to smash it down. But maybe you're just so used to palming, you know, palming in a, in a different way. He, he, yeah, he didn't he did,
1: do- he did He did have a defender there as well that he had to. That- that uh, he had to contend it as well a little bit but yeah it just needed a little bit more finesse I think but it was it was, I think it was, was it Donnelly came in along the end line with it and, and um, like we've spoken over the last few weeks lads hand passing the ball over the bar and stuff in fairness to him he, he had the vision to see if I just pop this up at the back post there's a good chance Benny Hearn is going to get his hands on this and we'll have a goal. so it was a great ball across to be fair to him and I think when Benny looks back at that this morning he'll say yeah maybe I should have just slapped it down into the ground a little bit yeah and I thought I suppose the really good finishers when they're in that position they know what they know what it needs to make sure the ball ends up in the back of the net and I don't know how many goals I saw Bernard score like that when the ball had come across and like he just palmed it in and um, like I said I think when he looks back he probably think he should have scored it and like it was a great opportunity at that stage of the game and like a goal in a game like that is is probably worth more than three points considering scores were so hard to come by Yeah
0: Um, Well McGuigan was robbed for a penalty too will we all agree on that or do you think it's uh, it's unfair what do you think Colin?
2: Yeah, look, I, I I think it was. I think if that's anywhere else in the pitch, that's given as a free. Um, and I and obviously watched it back in the replays and I thought it was very harshly done by. There was nearly a couple of fouls uh, in, in that one play, but the, the very last one have nearly been pulled down by the head. or <laughs> Whatever, yeah. like, to me, it looked stonewall. Um, and like that, that again, that's a, that's a key moment in that game. If that if That's a penalty and that's put away. Again, Alan talks about being more than three points. That, that gives Donegal a mountain acclaim. So, um, they can probably feel a wee bit harsh on 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 that because I felt that that was if that had been midfield or anywhere else in the pitch that was that was that was freely.
0: Yeah, it didn't work very well for England last night. Scoring too early, that penalty might have come a bit too early uh, for there. It went it, like I mean, there was a pull of the jersey and then there was a, a, a hand around the neck. Which at, when you're running towards the goal, like a bit of momentum, your momentum's bringing you forward. So a bit of a pull like that is definitely going to have you know an effect on your balance.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It probably was a penalty. I think, like I watched it back a few times, and there were kind of two half fells. He kind of pulled the hand away at the last minute, but he had tugged, and then he did. He kind of grabbed him around the neck. So it probably was a penalty. And and look, I suppose in real time it's difficult to see it. But I yeah. think when a fella gets in that close, and there's a couple of guys around him, generally, it, like especially a fella like especially a fella like McGregor, he's looking for the net at that stage. so There's no reason he'd go to the ground unless. Unless it's been contact made and, and and yeah, they were unfortunately and not together. I, I think at that stage it was probably early enough that kinda of had kinda of plenty of time to get back into the game. I think that uh I think the real, the real critical oh, the one Heron was, the, one. was the Heron one that was the one that they needed to take at that stage of the game might have seen them home Yeah no I
0: completely agree Kerry weren't overly impressive Colin were they like I mean I don't know I, I saw a lot of positivity around their performance Peter Keane said after the game you've no choice if there's bodies everywhere if there's a wall up there you just can't bazooka and blow it in you just have to be patient and work your way towards it I actually didn't think they were that patient. They kind of left a double sweeper there, which ruined their kick pass instead of maybe moving somebody up on at least one of them. And because Kerry can get past one sweeper, but with two sweepers, there's no diagonal ball can beat the two sweepers. You know, I I thought they were a little bit impatient instead of maybe going like a Dublin or a Donegal, slowing the whole thing down, moving some players up in onto the, the, the double sweeper and, you know, working scores in that manner.
2: Yeah, possibly. Um, look, uh, I suppose for Kerry, it was just about getting over the line. I think like the they looked very comfortable. Okay, they had Tipped sweepers back, and you know didn't allow that kick pass directly in the full forward line and whatnot. But at the same time, I was watching and thinking like the tip were never going to like they just didn't mind any challenge. I don't think. And like every time Kerry wanted you know wanted to play through them, and wanted to a bit of pace. They did they did it seem to do that and they got their scores. So. Yeah, look, you you, you could uh, you could be critical that they didn't, you know, really push on and really put, as you say, put two men up on them or one man up and really uh, put them to the sword. But look, like, sometimes when you get when they get when they're, they've been in front the whole game, um, sometimes when you get the guy to go into a bit of a cruise control, and yeah. it, it is sometimes very hard to, to you know to really just go for it. And like, yeah, the the, the the game is never in doubt really, and I think that's yeah, it's, but you know, I don't think. There's bigger tests. Of, there's bigger tests ahead for Kerry, and you know, uh, I don't think they'll meet that same wall every single day they go out. Like uh, no, no, there's that's, that's more. More what we've seen over the last few weeks from teams just trying to stay in it as long as they can, and um, that just hasn't been happening. You know, Kerry got in front, and they didn't look back. They didn't look overly impressive. They didn't look like they were gonna, you know, win all Ireland with that performance. But you know, they done what they needed to do, and and ultimately get the job done.
1: Yeah, I think Kerry are gonna to have to figure that out though because there is a chance they may come up. Probably not against Dublin if they meet Dublin, but before but before that there's a chance they might like they could play Cork next week who'll be who might play a few defenders back. They'd be probably better than Tipperary at it. So they do need to figure out how to play both ways. Like we know Kerry wanna play that lovely kicking game with the guys inside, give it in the Clifford inside, but 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 the good teams aren't going to make it that easy for them. So at, at some stages during games, they're going to have to run the ball, and and I think they'll probably have to run it better than they did yesterday. or They'll have to figure it out better than they did yesterday. Like as Column said, they were they were probably playing within themselves yesterday. They were very comfortable, um, but I thought they looked a bit they looked a bit clueless at stage, just kind of trying to break that down. Um, like they were missing Darren mine and yesterday Paddy Clifford played outside a little bit, um I thought he did quite well, like he's a really he's a really good foil for the other more established forwards in the full forward line and stuff, and he's willing to do a lot of that. I think every team needs a needs a couple of guys like that that are willing to sacrifice themselves for the for like for the better forwards, and he looks. As David's brother, he's probably willing to sacrifice himself a little bit, like I was for Bernard as well. He's probably willing to sacrifice himself a little bit for David.
0: <laughs> well, the 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 thing about it is what I was always say with Kerry. I was I would and I want to labour the point. But the double sweeper, they did nothing about that. Now, if you've David Clifford on the inside line, you say, "What are they doing to stop us giving it to David Clifford?" That's what they want. What can we do? to stop them stopping us getting it to David Clifford. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I, like just having two sweepers in front of him, his, his goal was absolutely outstanding, Colin. Like, the, I, I think that is a very maybe underrated goal because we saw Dermot O'Connor, or, um, Dermot O'Connor in the second half trying to kind of outside of the, the right shot and it screwed off wide. Like, to generate that much power, it wasn't as easy as it looked. But that's the thing. If a team's stopping you getting it to this man, do something to help him.
2: Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, completely. I agree with you. Like the, the goal itself for Clifford was was brilliant. I think it was a serious run by Gavin White and uh, you know led off and the finish was never in doubt. And yeah, look Clifford, you know, yeah, you want to get your your, your key man on the ball um, a lot more. But the problem is, if you I suppose if you push if you push them at the field again um, and try and get him on handy ball, he's not really as dangerous. Um, so yeah, look, like Alan's right. Probably they do have to. Figure this out, but uh, you know, and they might come up against it maybe next week. Or, you know, against Cork and, and and whatnot. But you know, ultimately, I still think the bigger it is for Kerry. I, I think that when they come up against whoever it is, and later down the down the down the line, they're not they're not going to face that. So, yes, they might get uh Cork might flood their defense again, but I, I still think they're going to have enough to get by. So, I you know, they they definitely played within themselves. They definitely have things to work on. But I think in, when, if they get to Crow Park and spaces open up, that double sweeper is a lot harder to implement. Like we've we've seen it for years. Where, we're playing that, you know, maybe double sweeper men's, but men behind the ball. And once you get to the big wide open spaces of Crow Croke Park, uh, you know, there's no hiding places. So I think, yeah, the, while there's stuff to work on, I, I still, to be honest, I was fairly impressed with um in terms of their work rate, especially their forwards. Um, you know, they were trying to turn teams high up. They are trying to turn tip over high up the pitch. They were, you know, even when they were in front, Quite and then winning the game quite easily, they were still working really hard. The guys come off the bench that you know are going to be able to do damage down the line. So look, like not 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 a jaw breaking performance, but I, I to be honest I'm still fairly impressed by what I've seen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I do I, I agree on the, the 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 way they press
0: high up the field, and I do. You see Derry are pressing kickouts and Donegal are pressing kickouts, but the minute they lose the kickout, they give up. But you still have players that you can still turn them over after one or two hand passes. But it's like they give up and go, right, well, we put a lot of pressure on the kick out, but now let's go back. Whereas Kerry, you know, they almost want the team maybe for someone to catch it so that they can all close in on him. And Dublin do that brilliantly too. Mayo do that brilliantly. Why do the the press half-heartedly? Like, there's two parts of the press. There's the press on trying to intercept the kick out and, you know, win it that way. But there's also the second, you have all your forwards up there Let's try and win it. If they, you know, if they win it,
1: yeah. Well, so the reason th- 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 that that team don't maybe is that 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 if the ball bypasses the forwards. Then all of a sudden you only have eight or nine players back yeah. whereas When you lose the kick out, a lot of teams try drop to the half forward line or out to midfield just to try and compress the field. So when. So so then to meet the defenders coming out, there. the field's a bit tighter and you can get tackles on easier. But the really good teams try and press high. So once they go after the kick-out, they really go after it. And then they'll still have, they, they'll be that well organised that, 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 that if the opposition can get the ball out past the, past the forwards, that one and a half forwards or somebody will be dropping back or a midfielder will be dropping back, like Dennis Bastic would have done to let Keno Sullivan drop off or yeah. whatever. So we would have worked a lot on that trying to press high and kick out but but kind of still being aware of what's going on behind and if if somebody breaks through that we can get back quick that we that we can get somebody free that we can get Keno Sullivan free back there to act as a sweeper but if you're playing a double sweeper it's very difficult to do that because you're basically taking two men out of your yeah yeah out of your forward line so um but certainly i would expect Kerry it- to do that when they come up against something like and certainly Dublin will do it. Um, and Colin would have lots of experience that because they would have tried lots of lots of different ways of of pressing.
2: Yeah, look the the big problem we used to have. Like in a, again, like, you do see you do see it even without you saying Donegal and Derry as well. There, like you, you wanted it to press up, um, and you really wanted to squeeze teams. But the moment you don't win that kick out, I know for Tyrone's point of view for a few years there. Like, but obviously I was going back, and if I left my man too early, there was a kick pass in the midfield, and that whole press had broke down. So. It's about working time and you know that cohesion and that forward line of going together. And Kerry seem to have it down to a nice art there. But in Dublin, obviously, have it as well, where they're working, they're working, they're all covering for each other um, while still having that mindset that if the ball bypasses, they're able to get a man back in to sort of mind the house. Because you are, you're open. If, if you like there's times we used to you, when you're maybe behind in a game and you full court, your full court press, you're, you're literally going for it. Um, and some one man sleeps or one man, you know, gets a run in, uh run on you, and the ball's in behind us, one on one inside. So, um, I, I, I can see why I suppose Donagough and Derry are maybe doing it. Carry, i you know, say that's what that's what really impressed me with. Kerry at the weekend, they were, you know, they were they were taking a bit more. It's a bit more of a risk. They're trying to press. They're trying to get the ball turned over, and if they do, the, the good thing about pressing high up, obviously, is if you you're in a scoring position right away, and teams aren't yeah. set up against you. So, um, staying high up the field is is probably the way. Teams should be going now, um, but I think with, this knock, with the knockout pace at the moment, you know, teams are, you know, I know the, 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 the few games at the weekend, they're really, a wee bit worried that if, if a goal goes in, it, it is a long way back, um, given scores were at premium. Yeah, maybe,
0: maybe that's it. It's just like I mean, it's probably a little bit of a fear thing. Um, but when they're up there, they might as well stay doing it. It's kind of my point. I do. I'll, I'll keep my maybe a wing forward on the other side, Alan. That's not involved in that press. Will sneak around, you know, yeah. and, and maybe be able to get back there. You use your own. Br- probably use your own brain.
1: Yeah, I do. And as a forwards unit, like we would have worked, would have worked a lot over. And you can see the top teams when the forwards are pressing. They're pressing as a unit. It's not one or two guys. you have everyone and you're trying to force a team over onto the sideline, so you can press them in that side of the and field. Then if close in on the Back and go back over the sideline you can see all, all five or six guys will all shift across to the other side. And you can actually see it in the watching Italy in the soccer last night. You could see when they press one side all their midfielders try to press over to to, to kind of condensing them to one side of the field. But same in the Gaelic, you're trying to force them down the sideline, set traps for them down the sideline so that if you can get two guys to them there to try and force a turnover Run as Column says the higher up the field you can turn the ball over, the greater the reward is. And so it's the really brave teams that are really organised, the carries, the Dublin's, the Harons that can turn that can turn teams over high up the field that are going to get the best results out of it. And, yeah. and like I think that's ideally the way you want to play, but it takes a lot of. A lot of communication, a lot of cohesion in the forward line and and a lot of practice to get it right. So I think that's why you see teams maybe not quite ready to do it. The likes of of Derry say, maybe Rory thought, right, we're not really ready to really go after the kick-out. We'll contest the first ball. If we don't win the first ball, then we need to get into our shape so, so we can meet Donegal coming at us around the midfield area.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. There's no doubt about that. Two red cards, lads. Quinn live in red. I think we'll all agree that was a red. A little bit petulant. Got pissed off. Wasn't playing well and gave a little punch. There was not it much was in the harsh, punch. Do you think was it was harsh? Is. But look, like, he punched, I suppose. Yeah. Look, to be honest, he didn't hurt the player. It was just petulant and stupid. Um, if it wasn't a red, you wouldn't really give out too much about it.
1: Yeah. No, is, I wouldn't have given out about it at all. I saw it and I kind of watched it back a second time. I suppose if you look at the letter of the law, maybe you're saying, yeah, it's a red, but God, it, like, it's... it's uh, it was harsh. You could see when it happened as well. He was like, he was, he couldn't believe that he's actually done it as well because he's not, there's no... No, it's there's just a the no red mist. Dirt in him at all. He's obviously just, maybe he hadn't been getting on as much ball as he would have liked if the game was going away from them. But uh, yeah. he's not that sort of player at all. So.
0: When you're playing badly and, and you make a mistake and someone pushes you like that, you really need to just breathe. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? Because this is just, there's no need for it. Come here, you. Yeah. And you're kind of going, I think that's what Quinn Living did. The McNamee one is more interesting column in that... This was stupid too because it was right in front of the referee. But all he did was push him. Now, if he pushed him in the chest, that's not a yellow. It's not even a yellow card. He pushed him in the face. It wasn't a punch. It was a push. So I don't know what to think of this one. Outside of he was stu- purely stupid to do it,
2: but I don't think that was a red. Yeah, it's, it's you see it happening throughout the games off the ball a lot. Of people pushing each other and pushing in the face, and it never really gets picked up. You never see a linesman too often give it. Um, so. I think Rooney was yeah it was fairly silly of him just to, to do it right in front of the referee. But I, I watched it and watched it and thought, look, that's fairly harsh. Now I don't know what the letter of the law says, I don't know what the rule book says, but given you know given what happens in, in a lot of games, I, I didn't I didn't feel that it warranted really a red. I thought that potentially, but then at the same time, if you lift your people talk about lifting your hand once it goes up, you know once you lift your hand at at at, at height um, at someone's face, it, 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 you know you're giving the referee an opportunity to send you off. So it it, it was just. Probably a wee bit silly from his point of view. He's an aggressive type player. He doesn't <laughs> he, he likes to get in that hustle and bustle. But um, I would imagine that Tyrone may have been actually try and get that overturned or try and appeal it in some shape or form.
0: because yeah, Joe Brawley was tweeting about this. This is from a legal uh perspective. He says it's legally an assault, unwanted physical contact that is not trivial, but not in the law is it a strike? To illustrate, if Ronan had pushed his opponent in the chest with, with his palm instead of the face, it would not be a red. The fact it was the face is legally irrelevant. So maybe he will get off because that would keep him out of the Donegal game, and he'd he'd be a he'd be a big loss. I want to talk quickly. We'll talk about Tyrone in part two and Donegal and Derry. I want to talk quickly about Cavan. And Porrick Faulkner said last week before the game, if we lose to Tyrone, it's probably one of the worst years in Cavan football history. I would say the worst because they won no championship game and they're down in the Division 4 like I mean it looks like Mickey Graham is staying with them anyways because he says we'll regroup we'll reflect and review and we'll look at a lot of things we didn't do right over the course of the year etc etc so he's definitely staying with them I don't think there should be pressure on, on Mickey, uh, Mickey Graham it's just interesting like following up a good win the next year. Like, I mean, how can it go so wrong? I suppose for Tipperary and, like, Tipperary never expected it, but they were relegated as well. How can it go so wrong like that, Alan?
1: Yeah, I'd say it's, it's, it's difficult for Mickey Grant to put his finger on exactly where, where this has gone so wrong and I suppose we spoke last week about how do, when things aren't going well what do you look at all you can go back is you can look at I'm sure their preparation was okay I'm sure they were happy with their preparation um, so all you can do is look at the games in itself and have a look at the KPIs or the stats you're trying to hit and where do we Where? What areas of the field are we losing these matches in? And I think, like we said a few weeks ago, Cavan was, it was it, like they probably came from nowhere to win the Ulster Championship last year as well. So they're probably not as good as maybe what they looked last no, year. No, but but not factor, as bad. Yeah. They're definitely not as bad as what we've seen from them this year. And I think it was Kieran Wheeler said in the Sunday game. It like it looked like in the first half that they were that they were ready to pack up and go home. They just had enough of it this year. And I think they kind of played like the, a little bit like that as well. They they, they like there was no danger of them really really winning that game at any stage and um like I thought they made it easy for Tyrone and um I could say, they'd be happy enough just to get this get this year done. We'll go back to the drawing board and have a look and go yeah. back harder the next year. And we said, look, maybe it's difficult after the effort they put in maybe over the last couple of years to win an Ulster Championship, to go back to the well again for those guys. That was, that's probably the pinnacle of their careers if we're being honest about it last year. So to go back to the well again, it's a bit like us winning the All-Ireland in 2011. Like you come out in 2012 and you're just not at the same pitch. No matter what you do, you just can't get back to the same pitch. You just can't get the same hunger Um and you fall short. Same as happened to us in two thousand twelve. Look, it, it could just be as simple as that. And maybe they, they just need a break now for a few months and come back again. And that's a, that's
0: sure. a big that's a big thing. But also the manager the year after, unless you're Jim Gavin and you have no feelings whatsoever, <laughs> the manager is is very loyal to the lads who won him that All Ireland. Like say Gilroy for yeah, example. Pat like he probably here. wouldn't mm. want to change that team too much. You've got me over the line. Yeah. I love
1: you guys. Yeah, well, I think and you're always willing to give lads a year. Like they've done it for me last year. I'll give them a year to prove and they do it again. And it's not. It's very difficult maybe to get rid of guys the year afterwards if you get when the year doesn't go well say for Cavan this year now Mickey Graham can make some decisions okay you did well me last year but you haven't done it this year so I need to make some changes here um, so there could be a bit as well. so there could be lots of reasons but I think he'd be happy I think he's right to stay on like he did a great job with them last year look it hasn't gone well this year but he can get them back to the drawing board and and um, I'm sure they'll be fine next year
0: Yeah Thomas Galligan's always an interesting one isn't it Colum? like I mean why put him full forward when you're not going to kick him the bloody ball isn't it such a waste
2: yeah, yeah like I thought it was a fairly strange one having him in there, Um, you know, and especially like Tyrone, we're never going to let that be just, you know, man on man inside. And, you know, just now I, I I just knew that whenever he went in, it actually suited us, uh, that, you know, that was going to work. Having him out in the middle, probably like he's a fanatic player. He can win ball. He can carry at speed. He, so many good attributes. Um, Having him in there. Um, definitely wasn't my age. And when I see it, I was thinking, "This is this will play right into our hands," and it sort of did in a way. Um, so, like a strange one, um, but I can see what they're at. I suppose the advanced mark they were thinking probably, if we can get a few marks in here with him, you know, there's scores to be had. But it just didn't, it just didn't work. It just didn't, uh, it didn't, it didn't work out the way uh, that planned it. So yeah, look at Calvin. were Calvin. are just gonna have to regroup after this game. Um, uh, Alan talked about there when you have a good year, nothing changes, and when you have a bad year, the whole thing changes, and that's typically yeah. the way it is. Like Tyrone on it, we on it, we I've seen it through my career where you know you, you get an All Iron final or you win something, win an Ulster title, and maybe you get nipped, and everything's good, you're sort of positive, and the, the manager doesn't want to change too much up. Uh, you've no real youth coming in, while if you lose a game early in the championship, I've seen us. Back the trials early doors and maybe 10 12 boys being brought in, and, and that sometimes is needed regardless you win or lose. The margins yeah. are so tight in this game where you know you win that point and you're the best, you're best in the world. Nothing changes. You lose by a point, everything's you know that's that, that's reset. So it, it's a it's a fine fine margin game, and I think Mickey will just have to just have to regroup. And I said you, you could probably see wholesale changes next year in Calvin. You know, with guys coming in and out, and you know team changes and whatnot. And that, that's, that's sometimes we just have to do but you can't blame him for what he done with the with the you know the the, the positive season he had last year when Nelson title and as I say, Alan said coming from absolutely nowhere I would never no I don't think anybody would have picked them um last year so look they've they've just got a regroup um g- game on their hands going forward and look and maybe doing no harm in the, in the long term
1: I think it's an interesting point about no changes like you mentioned Jim Gavin like no matter what happened the previous year when Jim was in charge, no one felt safe going into the following year. And he always, he always brought a young, brought brought at least one or two young guys through yeah. every year. And that was on purpose. Like he went looking to try and get two guys through so we could keep the thing fresh, could keep guys on their toes. Um, and it's easy to do when you're Jim Gavin and you're kind of winning all Ireland with Dubliners, and you've a lot of talent coming through. A lot through. of talent coming through. Obviously, you mightn't have to. Obviously, don't have the strength and depth in other in other county. But it was it it, it was. Jim Gavin did that on purpose to keep guys on their toes, to keep guys who are establishing the team. There's no one safe here unless you're performing day in, day out. Um, I've guys coming in behind in behind. behind us here to put into the team so it's just an interesting point
0: No it definitely is and Brian Cody did something similar with Kilkenny when they were going he'd always bring one or two to make sure everybody wasn't safe there's not much to say about the Leitrim game this is lousy on poor Leitrim like a, a Division 4 team I'd say when the, the, a lot of the Leitrim players saw the draw against Mayo a knockout game like what are you going to be thinking he says here look I'm not entertained like I don't think they had it they didn't have everybody um, that's understandable they couldn't even sell the tickets this is Mayo absolutely football mad uh, county 3,500 in McHale Park and they were left a 1,000 short so <laughs> only 2,500 would you pay 30 quid to go to that and wear a mask the whole way outside through and just sitting in the stand and apparently you're being watched very clo- closely like, I don't know in Ireland there's no real laws to wear masks outside in Spain there there is I was over there but I don't know why you have to wear a mask at a bloody GA match outdoors if it's not if you can walk down the street without a mask it doesn't make any sense maybe that's turning people off who knows but I would say the mask is probably down the list of the reasons. The hammering that was expected and, you know, I suppose the, the 30, 30 euros to watch it and it's on television. It's probably understandable, even though Mayo are completely crazy uh, support wise, Alan.
1: Yeah, no, it wouldn't be a match that you would have been that quick to turn on to be honest with you but I think it's easy like we talk about Derry and Donegal and yeah we have a championship now but it's like it's easy to forget what's going on in the few weeks in the few weeks before it's easy it, it can be easy to gloss over what happened to Leitrim yesterday and it just re-emphasises like the need for change with the whole championship because it's just and I've said before if I was in charge of Leitrim I was playing with Leitrim what's important now is the league forget about the championship like if you were playing for Leitrim I know guys can't go to the States whatever this summer but would a championship now stop you going, that f- that you could play for Leeds in the championship, stop you going to the States? Nothing would have stopped you going to the States anyway, <laughs> so I'm asking the wrong man the question. But, but like, kind of playing for Leeds in the championship now wouldn't stop you going. Why would you stay at home from the States or miss a summer that you could head away in a J1 or whatever? Yeah. Like, like, play the National League, try get up to Division Three, but after that, like, that should be the goal. Because cause the championship at this stage, um, and the gap's just getting wider and wider, like, it's not it's not um, it's not getting closer, it's not getting wider and wider. The gap between the teams is getting bigger because of the preparation the time guys are putting in and it is a real problem. And I presume it will be looked at this year because...
0: No, it is uh, being looked at. It's being looked at yeah, at Special Congress. That. This is why I get a little bit frustrated when I see this happening. And for years I used to be tearing my hair out when you'd see these lopsided results, especially, you know, mostly we're getting them in Leinster. Now you're getting them in, in all the provinces is you know, when is this going to change? And finally, John Horan, to be fair to him, you know, he set up a committee to come up with new championship structures. There's two new ones and there is the status quo. to keep. There's three options at Special Congress. They're going to debate it. So it's going to be a league based championship, some messing with the provincials where you make um, four-eighths, so you have to move counties around, I don't know, and then keep keep it as it is. So my hope is that all this debate is going to end, they're going to change, they'll change the championship at special congress and we won't have to worry about this anymore. So I've, had, I've spent too many shows, I was going to talk about... <laughs> get rid of the provincials. But sure, like, I mean, there's a good chance that it'll happen anyway. So um, I don't want to get into it because there's much more interesting conversation um, to be had here, column. So on the BBC coverage, I was watching your brother on RTÉ and then um, I remember tweeting that Pat Spland looked like he wanted to go to the toilet. He was kind of dancing on the spot. And uh, um, so a few different lads on Twitter told me, get over to the BBC, it's all kicking off. So I didn't get to see the actual route, but I saw a transcript of it and it was between Mickey Hart and Ushy McConville. So, I'll read it out to you. Um, so, it make, it's starting with Mickey Hart here, I just want to pick up on something that Ushie said at the start. He described this game as defensive and that's doing it a disservice. Now here we go, right? The minute Mickey Hart hears defensive, he starts getting on the on the offensive. So McConville says, I didn't say it was defensive. Hart said, oh, you did. And you said there's a lot of defensive football being played here. McConville said, no, I said they were getting bodies back. That doesn't mean defensive football. Hart, no, I'm sorry, you used the words defensive. McConville, no, I didn't. Getting a little, pet- a little bit petulant here now. Um, then Mickey Hart, you did. You just check it out there. He was looking at the cameraman then to get it checked out. That's what's happening around the game. People talk about being negative. They talk about being defensive and they talk about blankets and all sorts of stuff. McConville, when I said that I was praising Derry, I was praising them for getting those bodies back. Uh, Mickey Hart, that's right. I'm just telling you to mind the language because there's better, um, because it's better to say that it's quality football and the defenders are the people playing well with real skill here today, more than the forwards. Like, I don't know, Colin. I've interviewed Mickey Hart enough times to know that he has a serious B in his bonnet about that word defensive football. And, well, like, who does he think he is telling Ushi McConville to mind his language, though? That's, a, that's definitely another part of it.
2: Yeah, look, uh, I'd, I'd read about this afterwards. I, I, I didn't see it in live time. Um, but, look, yeah, Mickey never liked the word defensive over the years. I suppose we and Tyrone had been sort of branded with that brush of. You know, defensive, defensive and you know negative peak football, call it what you will. Um so definitely one thing that would probably set him off would have been that. Um, I'm not sure of the difference between defensive football and getting a lot of bodies back because it's pretty much it's pretty it's pretty similar in, 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 in and what, what what they're trying to talk about. They're, they're talking yeah. the same thing really. Um, but it's just probably the way it was the way Oshin had sort of put it across of defensive. Um but look, yeah, like the like Mickey as I say has had that branded like there's a lot of media coverage over Toronto over the last number of years with that sort of t- them titles around defensive and negative football and he didn't like it and you know to be fair to him he, he always had an answer for you know to us as a group of you know why we were playing good football um it was okay and as, as Dorsley said bodies back and a lot of men behind the ball but Mickey did see it as a as good in the way that we were racking up scores and racking up you know good score lines against teams and you know he, he nearly called it in a way, a, a good attacking approach because you know we were we were scoring. So what more do you want? Um, and in a way, um, you know that game of the weekend as well. Like it, it, had, it did have a lot of men back or defensive football, call it what you will. But it was still enjoyable to watch. I think you know if you look at the the flip side of what we've seen today in the championship around teams beaten teams by 10, 12, 14, 20 points, whatever it is. You know that that to me was a breath of fresh air. But back years ago, probably when we were playing, I remember playing Donegal a few times and like especially those are final and 16 possibly where the score was 10 it was 11 10 or whatever it was and it, there was a lot of bodies back in defensive football so mickey's had this probably in his head for the last number of years at Tyrone especially have been hit been tarnished with this uh defensive style football so for austin's probably just a lucky one down picket and uh a, at a game they got there where he you know he's been the one to set him off so look it's I say I don't know the difference between what they're both they're, they're both talking about the same thing in a way it's just the way they've brought it across
0: Yeah I remember interviewing him the time <laughs> Sean pulled down McManus I was working for Off the Ball as a sideline reporter and I was talking to Mickey after the game and I made the mistake. And what about the the pull down there with Sean Kavanagh? Oh he lit on me, so he did. <laughs> yeah. I think Darren O'Shea and David Brady were up in the co-com and they were in the stitches laughing like I mean he absolutely he could he could be scary enough when he wants to turn on you like that. So I'd say Oshin went on the he was on the back foot. And I don't O'Shea had nothing to be on the back foot about. The analysis there is it was a defensive game. What the hell is wrong with that? There's nothing offensive about saying that. We'll come back in part two and we'll maybe do a little bit of analysis on how it was an enjoyable defensive game. All right, so Donegal, 16 points, Terry, 15 points. And like we were talking just at the end of part one there about it being an offensive game, it was absolutely a defensive game. But why was it so enjoyable? Because both teams attacked with everyone and they defended with everyone. So it was like a 14 on 14 at one end, 14 on 14 at the other end. Now, obviously, Macbriarty was staying back. McGuigan was trying to stay back, but I think McManam was attacking and he ended up in the in the defence as well, Alan. But, like, I mean, when Colum talked about the five years ago defensive game versus a defensive game now, the very obvious difference, like with me, is the Rory Gallagher teams of the past wouldn't send all their players into yeah. attack. They leave the double sweeper back. It's, they're probably attacking, you know, with maybe eight versus 12. You know, players are doubling up. The turnover happens, then a counterattack. You don't see that as much now because it's everyone has, every man has a man in the attacking sense. There's loads of bodies there, but it's not as hor- It's not as horrible to watch. And one, one thing I thought was very obvious with Derry yesterday, they have everybody back, but when they win the ball, if they win the ball back, they're not looking to counter. They'll slow it right down and you see McGuigan and you see a few of their forwards tearing back up the field to get a, li- a little bit of their shape back and now they start their attack. Do you know what I mean? Like It's obvious, it's nothing like, Mickey Hart needs needs to relax and say a defensive game now in my head, and I used to be critical of the five years ago games, a defensive game now, isn't that this horrible, boring game where you're, you know, a Monaghan for mana game, you know, these kind of games. They're grand now. And stop getting offended by a defensive game because the great thing is we've lots of attacking games now and throw in one of them good intense defensive games. I've, I, I've no problem with that.
1: Yeah, well, I think you're right, Ollie. Like when, when I would have started playing or we would have started playing, when you're working on defence, it was nearly very much the six backs and the two midfielders would work on defence and the eight forwards would work on forward play, whereas now it's teams prepare for how they're going to defend as as a unit of 15 and, and they prepare for how they're going to attack as a unit of 15. So like if you think back to, say, Donegal in 2011 or a couple of Rory's teams after that, even a couple of Mickey Hart's teams as well, they weren't willing to commit like they wanted to defend. Once they turned the ball over in they, they weren't willing to commit men forward. Whereas Mickey changed a little bit to be fair to him, and he started to to to, to 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 commit men to the forward because because they needed to get more scores. Rory's obviously done it as well. He's figured out how to how to set up a team defensively, but when we win the ball we want to commit men to, to, to into the attack so we can score. So it's changed from five or ten years ago. And like every team plays like that now. There's no like what's an attack minded team now? Is it somebody that leaves their six forwards up? Like, There's no team leave their six forwards up all the time. So everyone is playing this. This like The game has evolved and everyone is playing, when they don't have the ball, the 15 players are defenders. And when they have the ball, probably 12 or 13 players are attackers and cornerbacks can go. The good team's wingbacks can go. So it's very much evolved into when you lose the ball, you're a defensive unit. When you have the ball, you're an offensive unit. And that's the way the game is now. It's not like it was 10 years ago when we would leave four or five forwards up we just wouldn't nearly wouldn't bother defending and leave that to the leave that yeah. to the two midfielders and the six backs. I'd like
0: so. to see that the odd time only they can't stay up because their men attack you suppose when it's all attack and all defend you know it's probably it's probably difficult I do I do think the more attacking teams will try to leave three up and they will stay up unless their man heads on now maybe Dublin turn around and they're, they're dropping maybe to the half forward line yeah they um,
1: will yeah, yeah no they will drop out and, and like I think Mickey has a point like when he talks like, I can see what he's trying to say Um, that there's an art and a skill in how a team defend as well and if that means 15 men end up behind the ball because they're trying to stop a score then so be it. That's everyone doing their job for the team. But when they turn it over, they gotta commit meant to the attack. And we saw that yesterday when when they had and you said Shane trying to go up, Shane McGrigan trying to get back up to get a bit of shape, to get a bit of stretch back in the field. So that yeah. if they want to give a kick pass, they could give a kick pass in. Um so the game has evolved, and I think that's the way the game is now. Everyone's gonna defend as a unit and everyone's gonna attack as a unit.
0: How do you how do you see it, Colin?
2: Yeah, similar. And I, I think Mickey used to speak off of this when we're talking about Mickey he used to speak an awful lot around uh football players he nearly didn't refer to us as defenders attackers midfielders you know he he sort of was always hammering home to us that we all needed to be able to do everything so we all needed to be able to score we all needed to be able to defend we all needed you know what I mean so like the game has evolved there's no there's absolutely no doubt um you know it's in an ideal world you'll want to put all your men up men up top and you know all this lovely fancy you know kick passing in and there will be days where that will happen i think you know as as the championship goes on there will be you know when, once you start getting the crook park there is more opportunity to kick the pot like i didn't think it was very like donny during the weekend while it was such a great game to watch i felt i'm not sure how many kick passes there was direct in the you know in the full forward line very very little um so i, I do think the, the game's moved on nearly the way people are defending at the moment slightly different like we used to get back in the uh, and a pack as, as such, we we nearly used to set up like a you know a three two one whatever. Like you, you weren't really responsible for a man. You were just trying to close that middle out. Um While a lot more, a lot of teams now are getting back. Um, okay, they're getting back in the a shape. But as soon as the, the opposition men start coming in, uh, they start picking them up again. So yeah, they move, it, move out on them. You, may, you still you move out on them. There used to be a lot of men. Like I said, we, we never marked a man. We were literally just shuff, shuffling, a bit like Italy and England. You were shuffling left to, left to right and you know just trying to cut out space. And that sometimes it worked very well, but team's obviously like, so Dublin. Like I said, Dublin worked that out. But now the game has shifted a wee bit in that defensive piece where once the opposition could be in, you're responsible for a man. So it nearly goes back to man-on-man man defend, And that's where technically I was watching Kerry and Tip, obviously, and I felt... Tipperary were very naive and their skills, you know, the way they were defending, they are technically weren't great defenders and that and Kerry were able to cut through them. So I think the, and that's why games are probably a bit more enjoyable to watch because there is a lot more man on man. Yes, there's 14 or 15 back but suddenly coming down, if you get a one-on-one <laughs> with your man, you're able to go past them and, you know, unlock a score while back in the day, a few years back, it was, you know, you could buy one man and you're just automatically met with two or three and the balls shuffled back out and back around and it's very laboured and lateral. So. Um, it has moved on, um, and there's definitely it's, it's definitely more enjoyable to watch. I think from you know obviously it was difficult for me back because I was still playing. I, I thought it was great as long as we won. But um, you know we're looking back now. I think things have things have definitely moved on in, in, in the right direction.
0: Yeah, no, and like, obviously a, a criticism of Tipperary leaving the two double sweepers, which you don't see anymore, is that they didn't push out on the likes of Tom Sull- Thomas Sullivan, who was able to kick two points, and most of the good teams won't allow that. But in Tipperary's defence, they probably said. Double sweeper, keep Clifford out of it versus maybe giving Tom Sullivan a shot. So, you know, I wouldn't criticise Tipperary for that for those ta- for those tactics um, either. Like, I mean, it was a great game. Niall O'Donnell came into it really, um, really well. Derry started the game well. Donegal took over. Second half, Derry started really well at Donegal kind of. And Niall O'Donnell was a big part of how Donegal got back into the game. And uh, tactically, I thought it was interesting. McKinless was dropping off him. And nobody seemed to be picking him up and, and Gallagher had to bring on a sub number 18, McCluskey, to actually man-mark O'Donnell. You could hear Gallagher the whole way through the game and on the sideline, he was like an extra sideline reporter or something like that. But he was shouting at your man, stay on O'Donnell, stay on O'Donnell, you know, because he was coming into the game strongly, Alan, at that point.
1: Yeah, he's he, um, he's a good playmaker and he, was, he linked it up very well, kicked a couple of good scores and... Um I think Colin referred to it earlier on some of the score taken in the game was exceptional from yeah. both sides. And um like there obviously wasn't a lot of space in forwards line. In the in either forward line, the guy was under pressure. Kicking like McFaul kicked a couple of great scores under three, pressure.
0: He kicked three sensational scores, and I had never. I was thinking that what's this lad good at? He played in the full forward line and I think he doesn't have any danger in there. Then now he's a working half forward. So if he can marry the working half forward
1: with those bloody scores, like you could have a really good number twelve. Yeah, then. that's. I was actually thinking to myself this morning is he when I was coming in. I was having to think about. It, I was like, is he renowned for this? Does he do this weekend without? And he probably doesn't kick scores like that weekend without. Colin Connor probably knows him a bit better, but he uh if you can add, if you can add that to his game now and and, and, and Connor Glass kicked an exceptional score, Langan kicked kicked a couple of great scores, obviously MacBarerty's won in the end. So it was a game of the a game of the highest quality and call it defensive, call it call it what you want. It was it was intense. Everyone wanted a win, everyone was tackling hard, everyone everyone attacked hard. It was it was a great game. Um, and some you of the score taken was probably the highlight of it.
2: Yeah, well the key for me for this, like with watching you're watching Donegal and you think of what we spoke around the last number of weeks with Donegal was their key men, um, of McHugh, McBrady and Murphy. Um, you know, Murphy obviously didn't start but steady the ship when he came in. McBrady was, you know, was marked out of it for the full game really bar the last and McHugh, I didn't think, had very much of an influence in the game either. So, no. Derry got their their tactical side of things spot on. And, you know, when Nell O'Donnell obviously started to take over, you could hear Gallagher getting to get somebody on him. So, Derry done everything right in this game. Um, and, you know, I say they're very, probably very unlucky not to come through it. Um, Donegal, from their side, uh, you know, it's still a sign of a good team, um, which worries me a wee bit because their big players didn't perform. Uh, they, were, they were taken out of the game and they still end up winning. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know where that leaves him going forward, but you know, Tyrone will have to, you know, normally you go if, you, if Tyrone are sort of looking at this, going, can we stop them big men? You know, the the Nat O'Donnell's, um, Langans, and whatnot. They're still they're still able to to, to to chip on scores, and you know, it shows a good a good strength and depth for Donegal in terms of what they have.
0: Michael Langan's ability to generate power from a standing position is just incredible, isn't it? Like, there's no run up; he can actually just get a ball just no, without even taking a step. And just
1: stroke it over the bar, Alan. Yeah, no, it's an amazing skill. Yeah, and like you see it every now and again from guys, but it is very difficult off a standing start. Really difficult to, to, to kind of get the uh, to get the height and the distance he does, and he's a real threat. At, like the score, he's great pace as well. Like he's a he's a really good footballer. And came on as well. He probably hasn't featured much over the last couple of years. Like he's a he's a brilliant footballer as well. So they'll expect a bit more from him. But I think just come back to like the Collins point where 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 Donegal at I think, the, I think the best preparation for any game is a tight game the week before or the couple of weeks before so Donegal will get huge learnings out of that game like in a close game like that obviously it showed up a few weaknesses that you have showed up a few cracks that now they can now spend the next couple of weeks kind of going over and making sure they're fixed for Ulster semi-final whereas the likes of Thoreau maybe had an easier game some of those cracks mightn't show up until it's too late so I always found um, from my own experience that, that that the tighter the games in the lead into the next round or whatever or the lead into an All-Ireland series the better um, because you start to see things or, or you start to see issues you may have so I think that game will really stand to Donegal going into, into the Ulster semi-final now I
0: think it will when you, when you look at it the whole way through that game column you're thinking this is Derry's day because like I said their points they were scoring were spectacular they had goal chances you know they, they looked like the better team if we're being honest for most of the game and Declan Bonner said Said after, said after the game he said this team would have been questioned in terms of character down through the years yeah Donegal can play football but when it comes to the crunch maybe we don't get over the line uh, but we got over the line in a very tight game there today and like the points you're making none of the like not too many of the Donegal players you know played that well that is a game Donegal could easily have lost when you look at the Cavan game last year is this a Donegal team now that has grown a little bit more have come through that tight game that, that they might have lost
2: yeah possibly um, you know I didn't see how Donegal were going to come through I, I just Derry had everything right in their matchups one thing that impressed me about Derry was their, was their fitness levels and their aggression you know every time Donegal got the ball they were, Derry were looking for double ups and trying you know trying and dispossess they just had a, had a serious work rate um, and their scores were taken everything just seemed to marry up to, for, for a Derry win and Donegal's key men weren't playing you know they were you know they were marked out of it i i genuinely was sort of shocked at the end now do you have to give all serious credit um because it's very hard to fix when you when you're playing like that and you're very laboured and i thought they were very slow and laboured at times and you think how are we going to change this it's very very hard to change and, and sort of just flip you can't just flip a switch and alan talked about fixing things they, they will now they've come through a, t- a hard match they've come through a game that they probably shouldn't have won, um, and it, it'll definitely stand them. And like they're probably you know, obviously last year losing the losing the Calvin as you know as you know, they're they're a year further on, and the you know the guys have sort of stepped up the guys that you wouldn't, well, Bar you know the guys that probably weren't renowned for taking the game by the scruff and act did it at the weekend. So they're definitely in a good good enough place. But I watched like if the play like that against uh, Tyrone. I, I don't see how they come through because, but again, we we don't know what's going to throw in game, I'm sure. I'm not sure where they're at either. So it's, it's definitely positive from a Donegal point of view in terms of getting over the line. But, there was an awful lot of things that they you know, they, they didn't do very well at the weekend.
0: Well, I'll stay with you with Tyrone then. So what are the positives with Tyrone? The obvious one is Cahill McShane's back, scored three points, you know, led <clears throat> one or two spill off his chest. But look, look looked the danger that we know he's, he is. Con Fitzpatrick, where did you pull this fellow out of? i like to look at this lad. He has a bit of go in him. He's able to get up and you were struggling for midfielders since you retired. I, where,
2: wh- why have we not seen this lad before? I, uh, I've been... I've been harping on for the last number of weeks uh, at home going why I I can't understand it because I've marked him I marked him a couple of years back in the club, in the club championship game and he absolutely destroyed me. Um and he then went on, we ended up putting a man marker on him and he destroyed him too. And I remember just thinking, Jesus lads, like he, he can catch, serious pace, he can score. I think the question marks around Colin has been probably is can he defend? Can he go back and um and help out in that sort of defensive duty? Um, and that's been you know I, th- I think that's why Tyrone probably haven't played him to date um, and but from the sound bites coming out of the camp over the last number of weeks that he was playing fairly well in-house and like he had a super game at the weekend um, I felt that having big Brian Kennedy come in as well was a like the two of them nearly worked really well together Brian would be more renowned for and we scored a goal but he's normally renowned for his tackling you know his, his, his ability in the air and whatnot and them two guys are interesting because, you know, they could form a, a fairly formidable partnership if they, if they get it right. And obviously, look, there's going to be bigger days next week. You know, against Donegal, it's going to be a massive um, step up in class. So that, that'll tell them where the midfielders are at. Uh, McCurry, obviously, look, I'm not sure, like one of, one of the best performances I've seen from him. Um, he, you know, we just done everything right. And like, a very, very positive. You've got McShane coming back. Um, you know, yes, what a good point. Had a few bounce off him, but massive to have him back. We, we, Throne had no mechanic at the weekend as well. So, you know, he's to come back in. What's wrong with him, Because you know, a lot of... I, I genuinely don't know. Um, I have a lad work, working with us. Uh, he's on the panel, Ben McDonald, who, who actually came on at the he weekend did, yeah. there, but they're not they're not letting anything, they're not letting anything <laughs> out in the open, even, even to me. So I, I genuinely don't know what... what you know, there's rumours around Throne that there was, you know, there was, he picked up an injury in a game. There was the usual, like there was COVID-ish, uh, rumours, there was a whole raft of things going ahead, so I, I, I genuinely don't know what, what, why McKenna wasn't playing at the weekend um, but if he gets back and, look, you're, you're bringing boys off the bench at the minute, um, like Mark Bradley came on at the weekend um, there's a couple other lads here that I know that can come in and, and do a bit of damage so from a forward point of view, thrown are in a really positive position um, the midfield, which would have been their sort of worry at the start of the year, they were sort of chopping and changing they didn't know who was coming in out or who was going to be best placed so maybe they've unearthed a, a, a good partnership in them two boys um, and defensively that's where they, I suppose that, you know, they'd be happier That defensively the way they played at the weekend um, but I think trying to get McNamee back for it would be for the, for the next game it's going to be vitally important for
0: him yeah no it definitely one uh, like McCurry is obviously outstanding we'll talk about him in a minute and the supply of ball into him was absolutely outstanding as well like I mean it's one thing having a lad in there but you have to try and find him like Donnelly found him a lovely ball Hart with a lovely ball McKiernan from cornerback found him with a, with a few balls as well and it was very obvious that this was a thrown tactic and he was moving brilliantly and it was get it far as, as far as we can up the field and then look for him it's a very obvious game plan which might have been a bit too obvious for Donegal because they'll obviously have a plan for it next week but McShane throws that in you know throws another little angle in on that as well for Donegal to think about the midfield looks good with Kennedy and Fitzpatrick they need that against the bigger teams to have a bit of physicality and size out there I don't know without Tyrone Blowing. I like Sludden. Sludden's a lovely, industrious player as that third midfielder. The one thing, problem I would have is you're playing Sludden as that third midfielder, buzzing around and maybe helping out at the back and stuff. You're leaving two inside. Where does Paul Donaghy fit in? Because, like, he has to play, he he looks like a fish out of water because he's running around doing too much fecking work around. He's a finisher, like, I mean, but does he fit in there beside McCurry and McShane, Alan?
1: Yeah, it's difficult to play three inside forwards like that like he did very well in, in a couple of league matches that wing forward I think and then we saw him um, in a full forward yesterday but like he's a lovely finisher so I think it's important to find a spot from somewhere you do yeah. need like you need guys coming off the bench too that like, can finish and have the ability to score but you can see you can see McCurry at the weekend he's he looks like he's relishing the way Tyrone are playing now he's probably had a frustrating few few years in terms of playing as a full forward in a team like Tyrone that maybe tend to run the ball a lot or even in the modern game playing as a corner forward you don't tend to get a lot of kick passes in now because of the way teams are defending against you so he got plenty of supply yesterday and you could see the damage himself and McShane did when they got decent supply and like for me McCurry um, and I've obviously watched him for a few years like he's so like he's so much talent um, but he hasn't maybe always maybe always deliver for Tyrone based on the talent he has and kind of seeing him winning the ball over his head Jesse I'd never really seen twice. that level he let one
0: of them drop the second one drop but twice yeah, over but his drop. head I'd
1: never really, yeah I'd never really seen that 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 kind of level of going for the ball, that kind of level of aggression in, in him before. So maybe this new management team, in terms of the way they're playing, looking to kick it a bit more, will give him a new lease of life. And I think, like, if you look at the, if you think of the top fours in the country, like at the moment, he's probably a little echelon below that. But he probably has the talent to get up there. So it'll be interesting to see over when he comes up against maybe better teams the next couple of games, um, if Tyrone managed to win a couple of games, how he fares playing like that or playing like that with with a supply like that inside in Crow Park when he has a little bit more space maybe to take on teams and Colin would know him better he's like he has a lot of talent but for me he just needs to he needs to do that against one of the top teams to to, to kind of move up a level in terms of forwards and where he stands against other forwards in the country Um but he certainly looks like he's in good form coming into the semi-final.
0: Yeah, he definitely do, what, what, do you, what do you make of Donahue's role out in the top of the D? Is he spending a lot of time chasing lads uh, column, you know, rather than being close to goal for a shot? And then when he gets the odd shot, he's forcing it then because in his head, I'm sure he wants to get on the scoreboard Um, and maybe he's taken on. He took one off the left, which was a bit too far out and missed it. You know, he, he seems a little bit confused with his role within the team.
2: Is that fair or...? Uh possibly. Uh, like Donny's a finisher. He, he he's not a guy that's gonna track back the in the half in the half back line and will, willingly and and put in massive tackles and and that. So like yeah, he was probably a wee bit frustrated at the weekend. He was you say he's chased an awful lot. He probably wasn't, you know, getting the angles where he wanted to be to shoot. And like I said, that's what he is. He, he's a guy and he's a guy that gets the ball, and as soon as he gets the ball, he's looking a shot. He's not even thinking about Anything else, you know, yeah. he is a finisher, he can kick off both feet, that's why he's so dangerous. Um, look, he, but, he's but in, probably, in,
0: in that system, then that Tyrone, if they're going to inside, it almost has to be Donahue or McCurry to go beside
2: McShane, and you have to make that hard call, yeah, like possibly. And McCurry probably is, would be better, like, knowing, knowing the way Darren plays, he, he's he could play in half hour, then it wouldn't be an issue because he, he's got massive fitness levels uh, he's probably one of the fittest in that, in that thrown out, thrown team so um but at the same time i'm not sure he would want i think under mickey that uh, he did play in half forward line and he was tracking back and was sort of you know he was able to get up and down you know but the big thing with mccurry at the moment is he's scoring and he's scoring heavily so i don't see how you can move him out or you know keep him you know you don't want him running back and trying to defend you want him up front being fresh, making them runs, especially the way it's their owner playing with the kick pass in. You know, it's obviously, they have worked on it the last couple of years. They're trying to, like the likes of Richie Donnelly is a fantastic kick passer. He found one what we wanted the weekend. You you want to keep up close to goals because he, he can't finish. Now, the one thing that for me, for him, of what McCurry needs to do is, he's always been that guy on the loop. He can, you know, we can take the ball, get it on the loop, kick it over. Uh, in, uh, the big thing is playing against better teams is, you're not going to get the space to do that. So he is there's going to be a point in time where he's going to have to start beating men one-on-one, go past them. and uh, a bit like Conway Calhoun or whatnot, Clifford, whatever it is, them guys are getting they they can shoot in the loop, but at the same time they can ultimately take get a get a ball, take a man on one-on-one, go past him and score. And that's what that's where the asset test will be for Darren because you know there's no there's no there's no problems with him shooting. He can shoot off both right and left. It's whether he can start Going against the, the the top teams and go go a bit more direct. So donahue again, donahue I'm not sure where where, where how we how the fit him, how they piece him together. Um, because he is, again, he's an
0: out Yeah, it'd be interesting Conor McKenna to come back in. Tyrone, there's no doubt, when you look at the Tyrone bench and you see Tiernan McCann came on, Kennedy came on, uh, Mark Bradley came on, McShane came on, Burns came on, and then you're leaving Conor McKenna out of that. Like, I mean, they have some serious, serious options now. There's no doubt about that. And if you're going to start with a midfield of Kennedy and uh, Kilpatrick, um, like, I mean then you've got loads of options for your forward line. Even though if Matty Donnelly, I'll say it again, he definitely looks to be a little bit off the pace and it didn't work on the inside forward line uh, for him. So where to play him um, will be another... But they have loads of options. But uh, performance of the weekend, as we don't we don't have time to do a separate section of it, but I'm going to give you the nominations anyway. So obviously McFaul... From Derry, he was outstanding. What I loved about his second point was how he tripped up Bon Gallagher. You know, as you're a lad's chasing you and you just put your foot to the side, trip him up. And it was a great old move of uh, Kieran MacDonald with Mayo. He'd always put a foot across and the defender would trip up and uh, you'd have a free shot at goals. He was outstanding, like we've mentioned already. Niall O'Donnell, uh, three from play, was absolutely outstanding. Darren McCurry is the obvious one, five from play. Uh, four different men, Mark. Four different men, Mark, him. That's like you'd be probably entitled to just put a sweeper in front of them all together, rather than try four different men. I think that's a little bit um, embarrassing. Ryan O'Donohue scored one six. You know whether he is, he got a nice little goal in on the near post. But like I mean, he's probably lucky to make that shortlist considering you know who they were playing against. Paddy Clifford, uh, very industrious, wasteful in front of goal. But very industrious uh, the other night. The, the performance of the weekend has to be Christy McKay, lads. We, we, we criticised here on the show loads of times the man-marking's gone out of the game. You can't, they can't do it anymore. And he gave an exhibition of man-marking. He didn't care about the play. He's a leader. He just sacrificed his own game. And we could see him when he got the yellow card off camera. Now, it's illegal what he was doing, but he was pissing Mac Rarity off. He was turned and faced McBrearty and wouldn't let McBrearty pass by him. He was like shadowing him. Uh, Macbriarty was just throwing his hands up. I think that was at the stage where the, the linesman told the referee to mark uh, McKay. But in the modern game, Alan, cornerback dogs are not dead. Sean Marty, Marty Lockhart would have looked at that and he would have given Chrissy McCaig, um a hug after the game.
1: Yeah, well yeah, it's funny you mentioned Sean Marty. When I get asked who's the best defender I ever marked uh Sean Marty is actually the answer. I really? marked him once in the in, in the qualifier game and I played with Ireland and he was exceptional. But like I'm not surprised with Christy McKay Chrissy McKay. Like he's been a he's been a top a top back in, in what's been a per dairy team maybe for a few years before this, but he's he's an exceptional footballer um and and he's willing to defend but he can come out and play. If he was put out number six and he was asked to play, he can like he can play as well. He can get up, he can kick a score. So he like he really is. And you talk about old school, old school defending, like there is not many cornerbacks left like that. But he was obviously asked to do a job and he did it he did it he did it to perfection Bar and he'd be pissed off with the last one as well, I'd say that he didn't manage to get some sort of check or Get onto McBerty's right foot because if he are onto on McBerty's left foot for the last one, he just kind of got caught on the wrong, wrong side. Yeah, and if he marks McBerty's left foot from there, he's not scoring with his right if he forced him back. So it was the only kind of time he nearly got away from the whole day. But uh, like I'm not surprised by, it. he's a, he's an exceptional defender and has been for a long time.
0: Yeah, and he was centre back for the last couple of years, but the move into the corner back has just you know made a man marker out of him again. He used to play there. I remember he marked Dear McConnolly in, in an all around club semi final, and we were analysing before the game how is he going to approach this this nice. What did what did Chrissy do? He went out and scored four points off yeah. Connolly. <laughs> like, I mean, and then told me on the show I rang him on the Monday and says, Well, I didn't actually agree with that. I wanted to mark him, but one of the selectors told me, Go at him. You put him on the back foot. And he actually wanted to mark him. He ended up scoring four points off. He says, Very good advice I got. <laughs> <laughs> but like I mean, he loves man marking and Column and maybe some of the quarterbacks these days they love being footballers and they don't love Chrissy looks like he really enjoyed that. He enjoyed turning his back on the play and watching back and just doing that job for the team more of that
2: yeah look we we have we spoke about the last last few weeks about this about you know the art of defending um, and that man on man and that's where the game's going as well like I think you know teams are I know teams are still defending but the, the man on man stuff's coming back and the importance of being technically very good at defending in terms of moving your body getting your feet right you know being a wee bit aggressive and, you know, like typically the last number of years, I know like what's well, I can always refer back to Tyrone, obviously, in that like we nearly become too nice in a way, if, you know, a lot of our men because we were playing. We so many, with so much comfort. You had men back and you were shifting left and right and you didn't have to really be, you didn't really have to be aggressive to players. You, you know, there was always a, a swarm of players to help you out. Well, like watching that, I know Derry had men back, but again, by and large, man on man, uh, McKaig was brilliant. He, you know, he was... You know, that we bit a nasty I remember watching uh watching Gerald Keane do it to Sean uh way back years ago up in Hilly Park that day that Throne never scored in the first half where he was just dogging him like and, and it was like okay, fine limits in the game, um but it was nice to see that that, that, that art of defending is back and you know, McKeg done it to done it to a tee at the weekend. Um and you know, just unfortunate at the end. They kinda of say that's a that's a that's a struggle with a defender. You can you can mark him out for the whole game and just takes one chance for a forward to, to, to win the game. So look, uh, a brilliant performance, by him And like I said, that uh, he, he's you know he can he can hold his head up high for, for, for from that.
0: Well, that's it. And just to, just to finish up on the point, like I wouldn't be too critical of him on the McBriarty, uh loop because we've talked about mcbrity and Dean Rock being the best in the loop, but the great the best loop you do is you loop just at a time your man's running past and your man your teammate almost distracts your man or gets in the way of him kind of following you do you know what I mean Alan like a, and he nearly got to the he nearly got to the block I would be I wouldn't be too critical he's bringing cornerback play back lads so we should be like without running up the field look for a bloody score that annoys me I don't cornerbacks should be should know their place and while you talked about the modern game Alan I'm not about this but I want the cornerbacks I want the, tr- the two of them to stay back mark their man Stretch the game and
1: that's it. But, anyways, that's just sort of uh, so you wouldn't have to chase the cornerback back. with us <laughs> But that's what it, that's what it was like years ago. Yeah, backs used to, the, the cornerbacks used to just mark and you wouldn't have to worry about them going well, now. In a funny a fire, way, I'd take, to, I'd take Mark and Chrissy McCaig,
0: I'd take Mark and Chrissy McCaig over Sean Powder, for example. I don't know.
1: What? Well, I wouldn't
0: like either because what? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, listen, we've gone over time. You have to go, Alan. We'll uh, we we'll leave it there. Chrissy McKay, congratulations, um, performance of the weekend. We'll be back on Thursday. Big weekend next weekend. It feels like the championship is finally finally here. So we'll talk to you all then. Good luck. But this little dink ball, no one in a crowded area where it's a fist pass. The weight is taken over, hits the ground, and it bounces into a fellow's chest. Why do you not do many interviews? Oh, really? Yeah, what did I ask to do, Hopewell? Really?
2: Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And they roared to me, I cover you a free state boston. <laughs> and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. <laughs> <laughs>